like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Today's Song of the Soul guest is Annie Caps, and I have to give thanks to the font of music who passed her name on to me, Blair Hull. I did a Song of the Soul interview with Blair last year, and since she was running something called the Lighted Window Concert Series in Campbell, California, with all kinds of wonderful musicians, I asked her for some recommendations, and Annie and Rod Caps were among them. So a great big thanks to Blair Hull, now moving to Janesville, Wisconsin. Let's look for a concert series to pop up there. But back to Annie Caps, who usually performs with Ron and their band, though sometimes she steps out to do music with the Yellow Room Gang as well. She writes all kinds of wonderful songs and lyrics, and what she and Rod produce is simply awesome, sometimes called Midwest Urban Folk Music. Annie Caps joins us by phone from Michigan. Annie, I'm so excited to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Thank you so much, Mark. I'm excited to be here. Actually, you're not at home, are you? You're somewhere out in the woods? Yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. I'm in a quite luxurious guest room of my cousin's house in Harbor Springs, Michigan. As opposed to where you normally reside, which is? Chelsea, Michigan. When did you start out with music, Annie? Were you one of those people who started, you know, piano when you were six years old? Pretty much, yes. My mom was actually a concert pianist in her youth, and she put us all in piano lessons, all of us. So we had a couple of years of learning the scales and some uh, simple classical pieces. And, you know, like none of us, I think, stuck to it. You know, the acoustic guitar showed up in our lives. I got one when I was in sixth grade. Actually, it was my sister's first. I think that's an age-old story, isn't it? My big sister got one, and I wanted it. (laughs) You may have been more willing to practice than your sister. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, to this day, I think she probably still has that original acoustic guitar. But, yeah, I picked it up and just loved it. And when was your first experience of getting up in front of a group and playing? Believe it or not, maybe in sixth grade or so, I would sit around with a few friends in our front room and play Chicago songs that I'd learned, you know, Saturday in the Park and whatnot. But the first time I actually played in front of people was an original song that I had written for my eighth grade talent show. It was actually called Lady Put Your Shoes Back On. It was the one and only funny song I've ever written in my whole life. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know if I... <laughs> I think I might have had a traumatic experience because I didn't do it again pretty much until after high school. And I kind of put the guitar down and got pretty introverted and shy and I think I always sang in my bedroom, but 
Yeah, that was one of my favorite memories because I we used to have this large, like life-size roll of paper. I don't know where we got it from, but we would roll it out on the floor in the basement and draw on it. And I had a bunch of friends hold this up and we drew a bunch of people like the neighbors holding their noses. And it was, you know, quite traumatic, I think. <laughs> <laughs> really? Do you remember what lady put your shoes on, what it was about? Yeah, the lady moved in next door to me, you know, and she took off her shoes every night and they just, her feet just smelled so bad that the whole neighborhood was chanting, lady, put your shoes back on. (laughs) I think it, (laughs) I have to say it must have been inspired by my father's kind of twisted sense of humor. (laughs) You said your mom was a concert pianist. Was your father into music at all? He was a wannabe rock drummer. He loved music. Both of my folks loved music. My mom loved musical theater and classical music. And my dad loved, you know, the Rolling Stones and the Beatles and Neil Diamond and Herb Albert, Tijuana Brass, and quite a collection of music there. And I always joke that when you're a kid, the dad rock drummer is is much cooler than the classical pianist, right? So (laughs) we would get, you know, when we weren't behaving ourselves at dinner, we'd get tortured by mom's, you know, banging out Beethoven's fifth on the piano while we had to sit there and eat our peas. And on a good night, we got to go downstairs and dance along with dad's drumming, you know, (laughs) to whatever record we were he was trying to play along with, which was always, <laughs> I remember fondly trying to figure out which beat we should dance to. <laughs> I think I understand a lot more now about Annie Cap's psychology. This is very <laughs> revealing. <laughs> yeah, look out. It comes out early. But yeah, no, we were very, we loved music. I mean, and all my siblings did. And we had a neighborhood full of people that loved music. And I grew up in the era of the Who's Tommy. And I think our whole neighborhood tried to put together a production of it. Well, let's get into some of your music right away, Annie. Again, when you perform, it's pretty typically Annie and Rod Caps and your band. And sometimes you're part of the Yellow Room Gang as well. Yeah. So there's some stuff that you do that Rod doesn't do with you, right? And he does some of his own stuff? Yeah, as a matter of fact, tonight he's playing with his friends in a band called the Dorchestra. <laughs> he's discovered a new side gig. But yeah, Rod had been, you know, he was first chair in violin when he was in junior high and then shifted over to the upright bass because he wanted to be in the back with his buddies on the drums and eventually found the electric guitar you know, because that's the one the girls liked. And so he's been a multi-instrumentalist for, you know, most of his life. And he's, I think, an exceptional musician. And he's lately been playing the viola again a lot in our ensemble. And because of that, he's also, because he's such a great musician, he's played bass on a number of albums. He's played guitar on a number of albums. And lately he's doing some more viola work. And me, you know, I mean, I rarely play solo, but I do enjoy once in a while challenging myself to not have his beautiful guitar going on during my song, see if it can stand on its own. (laughs) So I am quite spoiled, I have to say. Well, and you spoil us and all your listeners with your voice. I mean, your singing, your lyrics are just wonderful. Let's get started with it right away for your song of the soul. What's up first, Annie? Well, we're talking about my honey sugar baby. One of his other little sneaky habits is that I didn't know about until 13 years into our marriage. And we moved to a house that had a fishing hole, you know, not too far away and a boat that he was allowed to use. And suddenly out comes this fishing pole that he'd had for, you know, our whole marriage that I never saw. 
So it turns out my rod likes to fish. So (laughs) I call him my fishing rod. And I don't know, one morning he was out there on the boat and I was sitting in a back room of our home looking through an old Joy of Folk songs. And the Crawdad song, I think, was one that I was looking at and I saw the Honey Sugar Baby line. And I don't know, I just started writing a song. So it's kind of a little bit of a ripoff in that area. I always give a nod to it, but I call it my fishing widow song because I would lose him to this little bass that he kept going out to visit, (laughs) catch her and then throw her back. (laughs) (laughs) My kind of fishing is very different than his. And, you know, I would say I quit fishing when I got the first catch and that would be my man. (laughs) (laughs) It is Annie Caps and Rod Caps too. Honey Sugar Baby Mine from My Blue Garden. One, two, three, and... Jumping early dawn And I will get the bait and pole And I'll meet you at that fishing hole And we'll sing a couple Sunday morning songs Pack up that old picnic basket, honey And I will fill a bucket up with ale No, I've never seen that sky so clear No, nobody will find us here Your boss
way to start it off. I feel all hoochie cooed up now. It's just <laughs> <laughs> I guess the the song that you as you said you're kind of ripping off must have been dated back to the early 1900s. Well, yeah, and you know, I should have been more on top of that. But I had never heard the song. I'd only seen the lyrics in a book. And, you know, I'll be darned if I hadn't, you know, gone to, I don't know, a couple of concerts down the road and saw some traditional artists who know the song very, very well and would play a version of it. And a couple of them called me out on that. So I decided it was time I had to confess to stealing a little bit. But my friends would call that the folk process. It's hard to find anything new under the sun. So somebody used those words or that chord or that whatever, something sometime before you. And Pete Seeger was a great one for pointing. Oh, yeah. Out of the thousands of songs that he had just traveling in his head, he could point to one that, oh, that kind of was there. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So I will credit Pete for giving me permission. So one of the things that you mentioned was, you know, maybe high school or wherever is on the guitar, you're playing Chicago songs like Saturday in the Park. One thing that Chicago did that other bands that were popular at that time didn't do, there was more, I guess I would say, kind of jazz influence in it. There's the chords that are not just your standard folk song chords. So is there a part of you that's kind of likes to experiment on the jazz side of the world? Oh, goodness, yes. In fact, one of the songs I almost sent you but didn't is very much a jazz song. And it's interesting because I didn't listen to a lot of jazz growing up, necessarily. I got into it much later in life when I started to appreciate the old jazz. But I think I've always been intrigued with, you know, interesting chord changes. And, you know, the more I learned the guitar, the less I wanted to write a three-chord song. And, you know, I find it helps the melody a lot if you step out of that. So yeah, we are influenced by a lot of different genres. And I think some of it had to do with the songs that I would learn first, because, you know, I didn't start writing. Well, I wrote songs when I was young, but they weren't very good ones. But I didn't start really getting heavily into writing until I had already learned hundreds of cover songs for bands and that sort of thing. So, you know, my influences and the kinds of songs that I was learning always seemed to be more complicated and more complex. And so those were the kinds of core changes that I would be drawn to. And But I'd step back into the simple world sometimes, too. I have my share of three chord songs. But yeah, and then friends of mine who are great guitar players have taught me some jazz chords. And of course, my husband, and I do enjoy stepping into that as well. Rhythms are important to me. Well, then go right ahead and prove it by giving us another song. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say this one is a good rhythm song, although it's, uh, you know, I feel as though I want to segue into the ring because, you know, we're talking about different genres and our influences, as you said, are all up. Like the one thing I didn't bring up is blues. And I think the ring is probably one of the closest to a blues song. You know, it was kind of inspired by an actual event that happened back in our rock band days when I finally got my husband to propose and get me this beautiful <laughs> ring. <laughs> but the song itself was inspired by, you know, we were playing in cover bands three nights a week. And, you know, I'd finally, as I said, gotten this beautiful ring and he bought an antique ring, which is, you know, bless his heart, that's me. I'm not one of those big stone girls. I don't like gaudy So I was thrilled with it. And I'm afraid that, you know, you have that scene at a bar 
at the end of the night where the waitress is sweeping up her piles of broken glass and usually very unhappy. And we saw that frequently at closing time. And this was the picture that went into my head when I woke up the morning after one of these gigs, looked down at my left hand that I always looked at because I'd finally gotten this ring from him. And uh, there was a big hole where the diamond had been. So, oh my goodness. Yeah, the diamond that was, you know, in this ring hadn't been set properly. And so, or well, over time, it had loosened up. And so it went flying out into this beautiful little basket weave, white gold. And it wasn't very big. So, <laughs> but yeah, we lost that diamond. So all I could picture was my lovely diamond being swept away in this pile of broken glass. And the metaphor for that just really meant something completely different in the song. So the song, The Ring, was inspired by that. And of course, I embellished it, made a little heartbreak song. (laughs) (laughs) Annie Capps embellishing again in the song, The Ring. Working the closing shift, Saturday's child sees the trouble with men is the way that they smile sometimes Anyways, Jay had her sweeping up piles A glass off the floor And something caught her eye Now it's three in the morning And she's exhausted as hell The trouble with men Drop stuff. 
by Annie Caps, performed by Annie and Rod Caps. I have to say, Annie, you've got a real gift with words. Just the phrase sometimes anyways, and the phrasing you use in that, it captures so much. I'm quite amazed. And the way that you find the trouble with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think that was one of those songs that to this day, I personally wish I could write one that has a similar kind of hidden storyline in it. Well, I have always loved that song, and I am kind of frequently validated by it. But I'm pretty much my worst critic, of course, which I think a lot of us are. And, you know, a lot of my older songs I wish I could rewrite. When I do in this town these days, I sing a couple of different lines that I actually put on the record because I had wished that I had sung it that way instead of what ended up on the record. And there are probably things that general public wouldn't care about. I wouldn't notice as much, but it's important to me for my own delivery in a song. But I have pretty high standards and they get higher the more I listen to other great artists and other great musicians. And so I think, you know, once I heard Dave Carter, I thought, oh, well, I'm just going to put my pen away. <laughs> I understand that, Dave. But Carter, you know, so there Carter are. Carter <laughs> is a standard for the universe, and unfortunately, he's gone. But yeah, <laughs> and Tom Van Zandt, and Tom Waits, and Leonard Cohen, and and just the geniuses that you know to me use. You mentioned words, and I love words. I love finding new ways to say something. I love the way words fit together differently to just evoke an emotion, even if it doesn't make sense, kind of as you're listening to it. When I was younger, of course, I started writing songs. I was listening to a lot of Ani DeFranco. I think she was probably the one who inspired me the most to start writing again. Her, Jonathan Brooks, Star Williams, Sean Colvin, the early 90s, and they were getting a lot of airplay in our town on commercial radio. That was kind of short-lived, but they were the ones that I... You know, all these women with guitars that played beautifully and just great melodies. and But a lot of angst, you know, a lot of that kind of introspective writing. And I, I, I kind of went there first. And, you know, later on, I started hearing more of the, you know, as I said, the Towns Van Zandt, the better storytellers in that way. I shouldn't say better because, let's be clear, all of those women are great storytellers, but... You know, I evolved into, you know, wanting to still tell a truthful story that was heartfelt from me and from, you know, my own experiences that I could be truthful about, but some subject matter that maybe I'd never experienced personally. So, you know, that's looping around to probably some songs we don't have on our list today. But <laughs> but people should get to those songs. And you've got eight recordings out there that people can access via your website. You can get there by typing in anniecaps.com. Annie is A-N-N-I-E-C-A-P-P-S dot com. Of course, there's always a link on northernspiritradio.org. This is a Northern Spirit Radio production, and on our website, you can find more than 11 years of our programs for your free listening and download. You'll find links to our guests, more info about them. You'll find a place to post comments, and when you visit, please do post a comment. We love to hear from you and make our communication two-way. There's also a place to donate. That is 100%. The way that we fund this full-time work is by your donations. 
kids. And so through your support and not through the government, not through the corporations, but because you love it and because you want it to go on, that's what will make it happen. Even more important, though, than supporting Northern Spirit Radio, remember to support your local community radio stations. And I'm sure Annie Caps can tell you the local radio stations are so important instead of this corporate media that we have nationally that limits access to just a handful of people. It's so important to have your local flair and your local flavor, and you get that through your local community radio station. Support them with your wallet and with your time. Annie Caps is here. She and Rod perform together, and she also performs as part of the Yellow Room Gang and other ways. I understand also that you are a founding member of Songwriters Anonymous. I guess there's a serious addiction going on there, huh, Annie? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. You know, the difference, of course, being that we're not trying to quit. (laughs) (laughs) So all very different. And the other thing is that no songwriter really wants to be anonymous. That's right. Exactly. So it's kind of a, you know, sarcastic. (laughs) Yeah, that's very fun. We could talk about that for another hour, but I'll let people go look that one up. And I know, Annie, that our listeners are thirsty for some more of your music. So why don't you keep us going on your Song of the Soul? What's up next? Sure. Well, I mentioned in this town, and you know, long and short of it is, I think is Rod and I have done a lot of traveling in our worlds, and I'm very much one of those people that dreams of moving somewhere and starting over. And a lot of the towns we travel through seem just like they would be charming and wonderful. And I think we were in Rogers Park in Illinois, and you know, the brownstones and being able to walk to the local cafe, and mostly because I just couldn't imagine ever driving in Chicago. But yeah, just the reimagining of starting over in, in another town, but with a good reason at the end. So this is one of my earlier story songs. And it's called In This Town, Annie Caps. town I would frequent this cafe and that table in the corner would be mine most every day eventually I might even get to know your name if I lived in this town if I lived in this town I would get myself a job Tending bar at Davies Joint I like it there It's nice and dark And there's a chance I'll hear you playing your guitar If I lived in this town In this town I could be happy In this town I'd make new friends In this town Isabel, and I could start all over again. If I lived in this town, well, I would rent the perfect flat on the top floor of some old townhouse with an English garden round the back, walking distance everywhere, and I might cross your path. If I lived in this town 
I wouldn't think about him Cause nothing here is anything at all Like where I live And I believe that you would treat me better Than he did if I lived in this town In this town it would be different In this town I fall in of ways that you can get to Annie Caps music. You can go to AnnieCaps.com, you can go to AnnieAndRodCaps.com, or you could even type in MaynardMusic.com, which I assume is named after Maynard Krebs, but you may not even know who that is, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> Maynard Krebs. Dobie Gillis was yeah. a TV show. <laughs> yeah, actually, you're probably exactly right on that, because there was a commercial that used to come on and one of the characters in the commercial was Maynard, and my sister started calling me Maynard. It has nothing to do with Maynard Ferguson or Maynard the Street in Ann Arbor. It just, it was a nickname that my sister called me back in the day. You know, we were looking for a name of a record label, and that Maynard music came out. So, yeah. <laughs> and speaking of names, in the song In This Town, the first name you mentioned is Isabel, and then there's Caroline and Marianne. I assume those are kind of just random names, or do you have some connection with them? Well, they are mostly random names, three-syllable names that I liked. And, of course, I think the point of it was pretty clear, just starting over and not being who I was. Of course, you get to the end of the song, and you realize that she has a darker reason for wanting to go away and start over. But, yeah, I... Often, you know, when I go perform that song, think I should collect new three-syllable names and insert them in. <laughs> you know, as you said, there's kind of a darker motivation in not being happy with yourself. And you mentioned earlier that you're your own strongest critic. I, by the way, am not my own strongest critic. Other people <laughs> do find more to complain about in me. And I just uh. kind of like, oh, it's whatever. <laughs> And I don't know if that's actually a religious theological thing, but I did want to ask you about your religious, spiritual outlook, background. Yeah. Well, this will be a great lead into my Blue Garden. I was raised Catholic. By the time I went off to college, I stopped going to church. And, you know, my devoutness when I was young, I mean, I'm pretty sure I thought I was going to be a nun at one point. Because you never did like sex? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
just hadn't had it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know what I was missing. <laughs> but yeah, no, I um, fast forward many, many years later, and we were literally just having this discussion with my cousin because most of my siblings and my cousins are not Catholic anymore, but my mom is a very devout Catholic and she and I are very close and we talk about spirituality and God all the time. And I think probably the best way to describe how I feel, I consider myself a spiritual person in that I believe we're all connected in this universe and in this world. And I believe in positive energy and, you know, I guess in that way, the power of prayer, but Iris DeMent's song, Let the Mystery Be, is probably those three words are, I think, my spiritual world. I don't know what comes next or, you know, what's out there, but I have a great faith in the human race most of the time, <laughs> you know, as a good people. And, you know, as I said, I, I believe in people who believe as long as they use their faith for good. You know, like you, I grew up Catholic. When I was 18, I decided to check out and see what else was in the universe because I'd had good and bad experiences of Catholicism. And I checked around and visited a number of different places. That's when I got connected with Quakers, which I've been mostly since then. But I spent time as, uh, visiting the Unitarians and other folks as well. I needed something that had more room for me to let the mystery be, as you mentioned. Did you do any of that exploring, or was it from Catholic to non-affiliated directly? Uh, well, actually, I did try going back to the Catholic Church, and we haven't you know, for a very short time, I was with another guy who was Catholic, and I think I've thought about it. I've been to a couple of Unitarian churches, but not, you know, in any way regularly. And again, we were just talking to my cousin about looking for something, you know, that made sense to me, because I think a congregation of like-minded people and open-minded people, you know, is a good, healthy thing. But Anyway, no, I didn't do a lot of exploring. I did have an interfaith center in Ann Arbor that, you know, is just that. I mean, you know, they touch on biblical quotes, Buddhism, you know, they are very, very much bringing of all the faiths together in, you know, one room. And that was an interesting experience for me, but a little little too, kind of, I don't want to say frou-frou, it's unfair, but a little too disjointed, you know, not really, it wasn't for me. Sure. And, you know, as we were talking about my blue garden, I mean, just to, you know, dive into that. I mean, part of what I, you know, we all love imagining that we'll reunite with our loved ones after we pass this world, you know, and move on to the next. But, you know, my challenge is how to imagine that. And I believe in a certain amount of coming back, you know, the possibility of reincarnation and that kind of thing. And, or just another <laughs> dimension somewhere. It's, you know, it's fun to imagine that when we leave here, it won't be the end. So that's where you go in my blue garden. Yeah, you go and then you come back. The premise behind blue garden is very much that heaven is where we make it. And I think, you know, the idea of heaven in the sky and the heartache and then coming back down to earth and then, you know, that kind of cycle. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it was one big metaphor. It is a big metaphor for by Annie Caps for my blue garden. Grow up.
Annie Caps and her music via the domain name AnnieCaps.com. There's a few others that'll get you there. There's a link on NorthernSpiritRadio.org. My Blue Garden was title track. Eponymous is the fancy word for it. It's a pretty wonderful song, Annie. I mean, actually, I, I haven't encountered a song by you that I didn't think was wonderful. And part of it is the embodied soul that I think you bring into your songs. I I have a real sense of you being present when you're singing. Sometimes people are singing words that are about something out there, but I have a sense when you sing, you're feeling the textures right inside your heart. I don't know. Does does that relate to your experience of it, or are you just a good faker? Well, I think 
that is what I aspire to always be. So I thank you for that. That means a lot to me because I think it's important when you're performing. You can't convince an audience to go along with you if you're not there with it 100%. And, you know, have I had shows where I've not been there with it 100%? Sure. But I won't sing a song unless I can feel it deeply myself. And I don't think we can deliver what we should to somebody who's paid to listen to our music without feeling it that deeply. And I mean, I usually introduce that song differently because I talk about the pie and my love for pie. And when I pass, I sure hope there's pie on the other side, (laughs) whatever my idea of heaven might be. And, you know, but the idea of there being enough pie equally for everyone. Yeah, actually, I end up having problems with religions that all promise the pie in the sky by and by. But I do believe there's more beyond this world. But if my religion doesn't help me be better in this world, if my spirituality doesn't make this place a better place, then I think it's, you know, a bait and switch tactic. Amen. Well said, sir. I agree. We've got two more songs of yours I'm sure we want to include. So how are we going to get those in? What do you want to share next? Well, you know, back early on, we were talking about my father and the drums. And my father was difficult. He was not one of those warm, fuzzy dads. He had his own struggles. But some of our best times were, of course, when we were downstairs dancing to the drums and music involved. But he passed. He was killed in a car accident back in 2002 suddenly and instantly and the song talks about how as difficult as our lives may have been and our relationship may have been there's so many good memories and the difficult times and the harder memories fade and you know when you lose somebody you start to really remember those good happy times and those are the ones that stick I think and that's important to me so you know with this song It really was. It all started with seeing a picture of him with my niece (laughs) on my bulletin board. And that was the beginning of the song. And that's a tribute to my father and the happy memory. It's Strange Like That by Annie Capps and Rod Capps. And it's from their recording, Searching for Neverland. Her head on your shoulder So
about your dad, about the connection with him. It's it's interesting how you describe that the, the connection's easier maybe through the letters than face-to-face. Uh, sometimes some folks just can't say it uh, when they're looking you in the eye, but it, maybe they can write it down. And I'm glad they found that your dad found a way to connect at least to some degree with you, if not face-to-face. Yeah, absolutely. Those letters were still my favorite thing, if I can only find them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the clock's going to run out, and I want to get in one more song that you told me you want to share today. How would you like to introduce When My Time Comes? Well, this is Rod and I found ourselves kind of finally in that place that this is a home in Chelsea where we just felt like we had found our bliss and just the happiest place to live surrounded by trees and the wonderful swamp out front and the sound of the spring peepers were just loud and beautiful and I, I love that sound and I thought, well gosh, if I have to go, this is the place, you know, I'm I'm okay now. <laughs> <laughs> of course we'd ended up not staying there, but you know, so that was a lesson learned. But I just thought about all the things that, you know, we have to let go of. You know, at some point we never know when we're gonna go. And of course my dad shows up in the song as well and all the timing of it but you know it was me kind of being happy right where I am at any point in time I think and being ready to go because we don't know when our time is so we're going to finish off Annie Capp's Song of the Soul with her song When My Time Comes she performs most of the time with Rod and some other folks they're Annie and Rod Capp's band and you'll also find her with the Yellow Room Gang I want to mention a couple of her programs coming up. You'll find her at Hollerfest in Brooklyn, Michigan, and you'll find her at Thumbfest in Lexington, Michigan, and Ypsilanti, which I think is a great named town. There's nine house concerts there coming up. You can find all of that via her website. You'll get there easily by typing in anticaps.com. Link, of course, on org. 
and this is a great song to end with when my time comes, Annie. I love again the way your heart and your voice resonate as I listen to your songs. Thank you so much for joining me for Song of the Soul. Thank you so much, Mark. Thanks to Andrew Jansen for production assistance. Here is When My Time Comes. We'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. I don't want this day to end But I really am quite beat And that tiny life in the swamp Is singing me to sleep Wouldn't it be grand If I could take them all with me When my time comes and I have to for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, 
Join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy, let in the light, it will heal you, and you can feel you and sing out a song.